If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today I'm going to introduce to you David Finch. David's a World Cup show jumper, a Grand Prix show jumper, and not only is he a rider, he's also a trainer, a breeder, and a coach at that level. How are you today, David? Yeah, great, Gladys, and thanks for ringing me. That's okay. David, we usually start off with an inspirational quote, so can you tell me your favourite inspirational quote, please? I like the one, world strengths are expands in proportion to your courage. Okay, that's a good one, actually, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good one with the horse industry and life in general. Yeah, yeah. Certainly you start to think of it from your point of view, yeah, how big the world is. Okay, now that's good. Okay, now I want you to tell me how you came to have that and how it's helped you in the past. Well, I started in the horse industry. I did that gap year after grade 12 and I'm still on that gap year and (laughs) I started out grooming for people and I I worked my way up in the industry and you know, I probably wasn't a big winning young rider or anything, but I always loved the sport and loved horses. And I had to wait a while to make it happen. Those I've had to dream pretty big and some of those dreams do scare you, but you've got to be brave and take a few of them on. That's right. The first step is to actually have the dream in the first place. Yes. David, so you had the gap year. So it was in that gap year then that you decided to have a career with horses. What, what were you going to do? After, if you had just had a year, oh, geez, it's, it's, that gap has been a long year. It's, um, <laughs> sort of, I think I think I actually got into agronomy at uni, but I suppose it just didn't happen. The career, the career, you know. I suppose if you you you, you do what you do, and then a few you can't even say a few years, maybe a decade later, I woke up and it, it had become a business. You know. Yeah. In the in the infancy of what I did, I travelled a bit. I obviously I spent a lot of time. I, I worked for Guy and Lena Crichton and helped them in the early years. And and then I I worked in Japan. We took Australians over to Japan. I worked for a Japanese company, exported horses, and, and that was in the nineties. And then I I ended up in Germany, and then I ended up in the states. So all those things, I suppose gave me a broad look at the industry across the globe and, you know, and what we'd done here and how we'd grown up here and you sort of mix it all together and it becomes a business in Australia, yeah. Mm, mm. So you're talking about Guy and Lena Crichton. Who else has influenced you? Oh, yeah, well, Guy was obviously, he was a big winner in those, yep. you know, those days and he's 
was a remarkable horseman. And um, so, yeah, his, um, his innate ability to win was incredible. Like, I, yeah, he, and he's still a good mentor to me. You know, I spent time with, when I was working for the Japanese, I spent a lot of time, I did stuff with Ricky McMillan. She was a okay. yep. big influence back then. And, and a lot of people know Ricky as a dressage rider too, but she's actually a jumping yeah, rider. An incredible. Yeah. Se- secretly yeah, a, jumping a jumping rider. rider. Yeah, and, and a good horse person. Yeah. A good horse person. And she grew up the same as myself. And she she did a lot of camp drafting and, mm. you know, did mm. the ag That's shows right. as the kids. So a very similar, you know, she, she, she knew where I was coming from. And, yeah, she's still, you know, people like that I still find amazing. Um, in Germany, I was worked with Peter Luther and, you know, he won a gold medal with the German team in LA. You know, that was another style of riding here. You know, obviously it's different to what we used to hear. All in all, it had worked and worked for them and it was still a good learning experience. And then in the States, I happened to cross paths with Kathy Kufner. She was worked at the stables I was at and Eve quite an inspirational woman if you she's still an inspiration she runs ultra marathons in life. i think she was the first woman jockey in the world and just an incredible person so um yeah just i think people like that inspire you and keep you going and you know mm-hmm. make the whole journey exciting for everyone yep yep and obviously dealing with people who've got a fairly expanded world yeah exactly not yeah not very narrow-minded like they've been there and done it and yeah done yeah. it around the world makes it, makes it a bit bigger and better and good now, David, you, you're breeding some very, very talented horses. What made you start to think about breeding horses? Because it's a fair jump, you know, having a few competition horses and competing. And then, you know, I'm sure it hasn't been just one individual jump, but you've got, you, you know, you're very well known. You've got internationally, you export, well, I don't know if you're exporting, you've got horses competing internationally now. Okay. What? What gave you the idea or what brought you along those lines of having a stallion breeding horses? Yeah, I've always been intrigued by it. And um, I thought, too, you know, I wasn't necessarily the world's most talented rider. I did have to work hard at it. But I um, thought it was probably going to be easier to breed the world horse, and that was probably a business venture than being the world's best rider anyway. So I think we, can, we have got the ability to breed good horses here. We had I had a wonderful thoroughbred mare called Bowera that jumped a high level and I bred her to some very good international stallions and she was a mare and gave me four daughters so mm-hmm. so I've born with that line and then I've been very fortunate I've sort of looked for young stallions that I really liked and I bought their sons so okay, that's yep. worked well I, yep. uh, Calgary's been a wonderful horse to me he's obviously had a few health issues himself but he's producing great stock and he has Shane Rose has got a very good one on him and Chadden in America's a lot on one by him that we bred and produced here. And mm-hmm. But we've actually got a few doing really good dressage too, so that's exciting. And, of course, the show jumpers are jumping really well, so it's nice that we're covering all three Olympic disciplines. Mm. Now, when you go out and you buy these young stock, how can you tell how talented they are? How can you tell how they're going to exceed your expectations and outrival all the others? What are you looking for when you're looking to buy the young stock? I do like a pedigree, but I, I do like function. I, I've bought these horses just by looking at videos and things. I like a horse to be very functional, so I like to have a good walk and you know, I just like its whole body to work, work properly, so I think that makes the whole job easy in the end. Okay. So, and a that's nice functional horse. Yep. Yep. 
and a good pedigree. And if it's in a good model and it's a good pedigree and it's got a good mind, you know, your brothers are the way there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on now to your career because you had your gap year that you're still in. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so some other, I mean, you've, you've got a team, you've got people working for you, you'd see people that are in their gap year. What sort of advice yeah. would you give them if they plan to have a career with horses? I do tell them how to study, but I do say make sure you get a career as well as do your horses because, well, the industry's changed a lot too since I did my gap year. You know, the sport has changed. It's not such an age show based thing anymore and it's got a lot more specialised and, you know, it's good and, it's, you know, we've, we've got to be conscious of it and I'm very conscious of it that, you know, that we don't lose a few riders along the way because we become, you know, a bit too elitist or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's good that we've got this, but we've also got to be very mindful of where we came from, you know. Like when we, you know, I did a talk at the opening ceremony for the inter-schools the other day and I attended the first inter-schools and, oh, the second one, I think the first one was in 85 and I ran in 86, and we we were all there on our ex-race horses and mm. we did our dressage tests and we all did dressage tests and then we all did jumping and the first round of your jump counted as your combined training score and everyone jumped the same course, whether you were in grade six or grade 12. And it was just one of those things, but it's how the sport's changed. But, you know, I think it's important that we do remember where we came from. And it's a bit like the breeding too. Like I should have mentioned before too that I'm afraid to keep using our good old Aussie thoroughbreds to like the well-known stop that have produced jumpers. And mm-hmm. So I think we need to just be mindful of, we live in Australia, I know, and we do live a little bit from the rest of the world, and we do see a lot of what happens in the world now, you know, via social media, and it's a lot easier. Yep. We've just got to remember where we came from. And, you know, it is good to see those long genes, but we've just got to keep a bit of a reality on it. You know, you're looking at the top 30, 40 horses in the world. You know, there's a lot of horses underneath that and a lot of riders under that that have um, very good careers as well. Mm, mm. So they, they may not and have the, that, And they're very fulfilled, you know, like they mm. mightn't be the world's best horse, but they jump a metre 40 really well and have a great day, you know. And, and riders have got to learn, like there's a progression. They're not going to start off on the world's best horse. You know, even, even now, no, the, no. the top riders. And every horse is going to teach you something. Yeah, yeah. What do you think are the keys for the riders that do get to the top? What do you think they've got ahead of everyone else? Oh, yeah, they have a strong... You know, they're, they're, they're strong they're, and I think they have that from the start. I um, I helped Kate Hinchin at the start of her career and I watched her the other day in Tamworth and, you know, what you see now as a 20-year-old lady jumping in the World Cups, I did see that as a six-year-old too. You know, she had that determination, that desire, that will to win, you know, that focus. Mm-hmm. It probably is a personality trait too, you know, so okay, it's so. something that's that desire and... Yep. So yeah, when you're saying strong, there's strength of character. Yeah, yep. and, you know, believe in what they're doing going to that fence. There's no doubt in her or the horse's mind what, what they're going to do when they get to that jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, I think you can spot it in, you know, I mean, if you haven't got it at six, you're not going to have it either. You can develop it. But I just, I remember that Kate as a young girl, you know, and she's still got that determination now, which has carried her through, you know. Mm. So a lot of riders have the excuse that they haven't got a sponsor. They need someone to pay all their bills. What what have you got to say to that? Because you've got sponsors. What do you offer the sponsors for them to actually sponsor? Exactly. And it's like a business deal. It's like, 
I have lots of sponsors and then I sponsor lots of things, but it's like an investment and yeah, you've got to be approachable. You've got to you've got to have a product to sell to and you've got to be able to promote the product. I strongly believe you have to believe in the product that you're promoting and Yes, and, you know, I know myself from a sponsor, you do want something back, you know, and it's not just a, gone with a bit of jam and cream on it. You just, you know, you're helping run an event. It's not like you're just making a donation. So you want, you know, and I think the industry, we need to think a lot about that in the industry and be quite conscious of that, that, you know, support and support locals a bit too, you know. Yep, yep. Make it all happen a little bit here. I think the I think whereas an industry, are we are developed a lot in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yes, you would have seen a lot of that development from when you left in your gap year and went overseas and yeah. came back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It has changed a lot. Yeah, and that, that is good. You know, it is good that we're progressing. Yep. And I'm very positive about the progress and the shows that are being run now. And yep. yep. I'm still very conscious that we have some good ag shows we need to support too. So. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your team. How many horses have you got on the property at the moment to care for, to look oh, after? Gladness was a lot of horses. <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of horses, Gladness. Okay, okay. So we're breeding 30 to 40 a year. So, yeah, some go as foals, some go as weaning, some go as, you know, as along the track. But, um, and I, you know, I offer, I'd like to buy as foals, but not everyone else. So a lot of people like a horse that's under saddle and been to jump clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, been out to shows, but um, yeah, a lot of horses. I I do have about sixty mares, but yep. I don't breed from them all every year. Okay, what about you? Who runs the team? I mean, is it you that runs the team? Runs the staff to manage the horses? Do you have someone else to run the team? How does yeah, that well, work? Yeah, well, I run. I run sort of oversee it all, but obviously, I get a little bit busy traveling and working and running a few things. I run, but um, and Matthew Kidston, he's ridden here for around six years now, so. He runs all the competition horses and he keeps an eye over the mares and that. I run the breeding section and, yeah, we've always got people here helping. I've got some, you know, young people here always training and mm-hmm. doing things. And so, yeah, not a bad place if you want experience of, you know, do a bit of breeding work and a bit of riding work, a bit of coach training, all those sorts of things. Okay, so I'm going to talk a bit. We'll go into coach training. So... What do you think is a problem, a common problem that you see with coaches that are starting off? You know, beginner coaches. Beginner coaches, yeah. I did a coaches workshop recently and that was probably a common theme, which is probably good that they're trying hard to do perform a task. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, basically it's all back to basics, isn't it? Keeping things quite simple. And, mm, so and safe, and, yeah. Straight yeah, and safe, safe. yep, yep. Yeah. Do you think that coaches, when they first start, if they overdo it, it's because they're a bit nervous because they're trying a bit too hard? And I, do. Just... I do. Yep. I do. I actually, I think as an educator and a mentor too, so, you know, I don't necessarily say that it's a fail or anything. I'd like to step in and help them while it's happening, you know, and mm. as long as they've realised the situation and say, well, you know, maybe if you did it from this side or did that or stood here or said yeah. that word instead of the known one. So focused on but, the main um, things rather than all the fluffy bits around the end, like yeah, the main, like the main, and, which is safety, yeah. And the consistency of it all. Yep. Oh, just let me interrupt you for a moment, just to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at Online Horse College. Have a look at the flexible options with online theory. The practical components can be completed by video 
or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. All right, now you've got young horses. How do you start your young horses off jumping? Yeah, well, good luck everything, Glennis. I've never peaked early. I've done <laughs> do take them very steady, you know. I might even grow slow, which is wonderful because they sort of seem to vet very well. But we do a little bit with them as well, they might get started as a three-year-old. We don't get won't get a lot of rides, and then four-year-olds they'll might go out a couple of times, but they won't really get cracking until they're five, and then we sort of get a bit more serious at six. Mm-hmm. I think you know it just gives you a longer lifespan with the horse and a better foundation on the horse. Mm. So, and I don't think they need to be tortured as young horses anyway. I just let them be horses from cruise and have a few nice experiences and take them home and have a rest and do the same again in a few weeks. You know? Yeah. I don't yeah. think they need to be around the arena all day every day and you know, I think 20, 20 minutes, 30 minutes here and there is fine for a three, four-year-old horse. Yeah. Because they're still growing and focused and their muscles aren't strong and their focus isn't that, you know, they need to. Yeah. You know, you yeah. might get a couple of jumps yeah. and they need a rest. And mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing, Glennis, is that they're all different, aren't they, you know? Like, Yes. Some horses need, need to jump a couple of jumps and have a rest. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just gotta you just gotta have an open mind when you're with horses and young riders. Yep. They all need a different approach and a different different tactic. Yep. All right. What what's your proudest moment that you've had? Oh I've had a few. I I do love watching horses I've bred and produced at the shows. That's a mm-hmm. good one. I love watching my riders ride and then Matthew and watching Matthew on a few of them, it's been really rewarding. You know, Calgary's been a long journey. He's had he's had a couple of colic surgeries and mm-hmm. then he had renal failure, so then he had a lot of foot problems. So, you know, he's he's an eight-year-old horse probably, but a five-year-old body, but he's jumping some 140s and silver series and mini pre's and, you know, he's starting to get it together. Yep. You know, it's probably not about medals and podiums about the rehab on that horse and the getting into the ring and the belief in him so mm-hmm. things like that make me proud because I think it's the industry's a wholesome business you know and I, I go to the bush too like I, I saw this wonderful kid in Rome a couple of weeks ago and you know she just helped dad muster and she was in a little stock saddle with the split reins and she wants to ride at the show next year so she came for lessons and that's a, all those are good moments you know mm-hmm. I've won a few classes and had a lot of joy. I've travelled the world. I hope I keep travelling the world, and I hope I, I hope there's a few more classes in me to win. So, but I, you know, I, I think the horses we're producing will do well. I think the next couple of years will be exciting because I'm sort of getting old enough to jump some big classes. And yep. from what I'm, the feedback I'm getting from the dressage horses is good, and the eventing horses is good. So, okay. And I've got some exciting young stallions. So yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And it's rained, you know, it's all happening. <laughs> it has rained, it has rained, yep. It has rained, yep. oh, it has rained. At least we know it can rain too. Yeah, yeah. All right, tell me about books. Do you read much or can you recommend a book? I love to, I love to read. Yep. I love a lot of the George Morris articles. I think he yep. writes very well. I love the Michelle Robert book, The Secrets and Methods of a Champion. He has a, it, oh, yeah. It's a yep. very good book and it's a lovely book as it has great pictures and diagrams for riders. And I think, you know, it's, yeah, I'm a big reader. I love to read. I um, obviously I love to read my pedigrees and see what's doing well in, in the world. And I think, yeah, young riders these days, it's 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 nice. They can find riders of world class around the world and model themselves a bit on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of learning techniques now, isn't there, like with all these different 
you know, even with this Skype and that, like, there's a lot we can do now. Like, when we were young, it was, it, you It's know, much easier, isn't it? You know, if you yeah, want to so see want to, something, jump on you YouTube. You want to research something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm, mm, much easier. You know, look it up. Yep. Yeah. So there's no excuse now. No, no, that's right. Yeah, you can be well informed. Yes, yes. Okay, now tell me about your future. What are you looking forward to? I think, well, you know, hopefully it'll keep raining. Obviously, the last yeah. couple of years has been a little, little solid with the dry and feeding stock. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'd dearly love to do a few more shows next year and all of that. But yeah, I'm quite excited about the future with all these horses. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting team of four year olds coming through this year. And We'll um, look to see the fair few of them compete next year. And I think Australia's really happening. And I think Queensland on the whole, you know, we've got Elysian Fields and Gattonwell Cups and yes. quite a show jumping shows. And the dressage, like I'm so proud of what dressage has done. Like they had Devin McDonald and, and Charlotte Desjardins all in one year in Queensland. Mm, and, mm. you know, Tag Group and Tamarina got an international three day event. And, yep. you know, Harness, we're doing lots. So I think as a Queenslander, I'm proud of Queensland. I think we're really, really going ahead. We're growing membership too and all of that. So I think, yeah, it's good. I think we've got a good, healthy horse lifestyle up here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think well, so I think too. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, really the show, they are doing a great job. Like, you know, I'm so excited that eventing has an international class because, you know, Queensland was renowned for producing eventers and, and now there's, you know, we're getting a big class back to the state, you know, yep. it'll, it'll be healthy for the state. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, so, if you can sum up your philosophy into a lesson, something that our listeners can take away with them. Yeah, well, I think you've got to be patient. It's, it's you're not always going to peak early. And uh, I think it's about longevity with horses. You know, we've got to, we've got to keep our horses happy and I'll probably keep mine too happy, but, you know, you and I have a great relationship with my stallions. But, um, well, I think don't lose track of where we are. Like, we live in Australia. I know we're not on a Longines tour somewhere, but really at the end of the day, we've got a good lifestyle here and we have access to some good shows and the horse quality in Australia is really quite amazing now. And we have um, we have a lot of people interested in the sport, so I think it's our job as equestrians to keep developing that and yep I think it's I think it's all our duty to improve the sport and I think we're all going to have a lot of fun in the future. I think so too that that sums it up and I think that I think we've all got a lot to look forward to David yeah. I think if we just all work together and as I say I I think it's yeah Queensland's I'm I'm very proud of what's happened in Queensland so Mm -hmm. and we can keep doing that every year I think in you know the next 10 years are very exciting for us. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time today. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you, Glennis. It's great <laughs> talking to you. All right, then. Bye-bye. Cheers. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.